Welcome to the podcast of Trinity Church London. You're listening to a message given on a Sunday morning. If you'd like to know more about us and the life of the church, please visit trinitychurchlondon.com. James 1 verse 26-27 says this. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. James starts this passage by saying this, if anyone thinks he is religious, and for us to be religious is, a, is generally a negative thing to say. If someone says, oh, you're so religious, they're not complimenting you, just so you know. Because in today's day, religion is not seen as a good thing. But for James here, the, religion is not a negative thing. It's not even really a positive thing. It's just a statement, really, of how you work your spirituality out. There are two different words that the, the, the New Testament uses for this. There's the inward spirituality, and then there's this word, the religion, that speaks about the outward way in which you are spiritual. And for us as a church, is a really important question as to, is our religion, is how we work out our spirituality true? Is it effective? Is it real? Have you ever wondered that? How real is my faith? I wonder this sometimes in church. I, I love worship. It's one of the highlights of my week. And I get kind of 10 minutes into worship and everything just begins to fit into place again. Everything's like right with the world. Like, ah, I can see things from God's perspective again. Things that were troubling me on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. are not troubling me in the same way at 11.30 a.m. because I've been in God's presence with God's people. But I often wonder this, how true are my emotions towards God? Ever felt that? Like, how am I just excited because the worship was great and it was wonderful today? Or is there like, how godly is that emotion? Is anyone, anyone connecting with me here? Like, just feeling like, am I just enjoying this because it's just, it's just a great moment? It's not bad in itself. How much of that is of the spirit, true religion? And it's a question that we've got to ask as a society and as, as a city because our city is pulsating with desire to be spiritual. We are increasingly desiring to be spiritual as a city. Our kids now, they get taught how to meditate. Literally, our kids at our primary school. It's a very mainstream C of E Anglican primary school and they are taught how to meditate. There's a Confucius centre there because Eastern philosophy and Eastern worldview is kind of soaked through everything now where there is this, this it's monetized on the high streets everywhere you go every type of yoga you can imagine trying to help you tap into a, a new better more spiritual you psychedelic drugs apparently are increasingly being used increasingly in the mainstream if you just see because there is this desire and this hunger for psychedelic transcendent experiences that are spiritual we are aware now that we are spiritual beings how do we connect in with that? And so the, the question for us as a city, and if you're not a Christian here today, the question I want to pose to you is, how do you know the spiritual experiences that you are seeking and the ways in which you are trying to tap into your spiritual life? How do you know if they are genuine? How can you test them? Is there a, an objective test beyond how you 
felt. And this is where James is pressing us here. He's pressing us to think quite clearly and objectively about the kind of religion, the kind of spirituality that we work out. And he polarizes things for us. He says there is a religion that is worthless and there is a religion that is pure and undefiled. Look what he says here. If anyone thinks he is religious, does not bridle his tongue, but deceives heart, this person's religious is worthless. He was preaching this in Jerusalem, one of the most overtly religious cities with religious symbols all over the place. He doesn't hold his punches. He says there are some forms of worship that are worthless. And then he says religion that is pure and undefiled before God, approved by God, is is this so we need i would suggest to take a close reassessment of of our lives and our spirituality just to check that james's assessment and the lord's assessment be like this is pure and undefiled because there might be areas where actually yes and areas that might be actually no there are whole industries i want to suggest when you take this assessment that comes up that are actually built around a, a false religion that are not actually true. And so I wanna just talk about this for a few minutes. And what I wanna do very, very short, very briefly is, it just kind of contrast three things that James says, but that contrast true religion from modern spirituality. And then I'm gonna pass over to Ian. So very briefly this. The first thing that James highlights for us here is that true religion is related to a personal God. Modern spirituality's diagnosis of our problem is basically that we haven't tapped into the real spiritual us, that there are un, un, unreleased potential within us. There are fifth sources of power out there that we haven't tapped into. And James says that our spiritual problem is that we have not connected with a personal God who you can actually know as Father. He doesn't just say it's a personal relationship. You can actually know him as, as God. So all of the clawing that we take in this world and the ambition and trying to fill our lives with things and not being able to hold, let go of things is not, is not just can be filled by an impersonal force, but actually can only be healed and filled when we come into a relationship with a God whom is called God our Father. That it's actually that we have this experience of being forsaken in a cold and hard world and get adopted into the family of God. This is what true religion is, that it starts with relating to God as, as Father. And only then can our hearts be healed and filled to the point where we can let go of the things of this life and look to God and follow Jesus. This is true religion, he says, because he says this is before God the Father. And everything that gets worked out as Christians is actually based on the fact that we are in this personal relationship with God our Father. Sometimes pastors and churches talk about biblical principles, which I understand. There's nothing, I'm not totally like just throwing that in the bin. But sometimes when you talk about biblical principles, it can give off this idea that principles, they kind of stand alone. Like here's a document with 10 principles on X, Y, or Z. 10 principles for doing this. But actually, biblical principles are not separated from the presence of God. 
that actually everything that we are about flows from a relationship with God whom is our father. Tim Keller says this about biblical justice. He says, biblical justice is not first of all a set of bullet points or a set of rules and guidelines. It is rooted in the very character of God and it is the outworking of that character which is never less than just. So when we come to looking about at uh, orphans and widows, how we care for those around us who are vulnerable, this isn't just a random principle that church people should be doing. It is actually if we worship a God who is our father, if we are to follow our father's footsteps, it will result in a fathering to those around us. It will result in a parenting to those around us. Even when they're not biologically ours, we will outwork that to those around us. So you see how this flows from God our father, we then walk and we father those around us you might be a year older than someone you might have the opportunity to father or mother them and so it all comes from this not an impersonal force but god our father secondly this true religion implicates our whole life look what james says he says if anyone thinks there's three things he says if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart that's the first thing True religion actually implicates how you speak, what you speak about. We're going to come onto this in a few weeks later, so we're not going to dwell on this. And he says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. That is those who are vulnerable, those who cannot help themselves. And then thirdly, he says, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So every single aspect of our life is affected. We're called to engage in the world, to fully throw ourselves into the needs of our city. And yet at the same time, we are to keep our guard up from the posture of the city so that we may stay unstained from the motivations and the impulses of the city at the same time as throwing our life into the city. So you, get, you can't quite pin this down. Every which way you look, your life is implicated, which is different to modern spirituality, which essentially says... Here is a way, and you might have to pay a subscription or you know, you might, your lunch times might be taken up doing this, but here is a way in which you can tap into the spiritual you. You can become a better, more fulfilled spiritual you through this. It is essentially just adding on something into your life to make your life better. And true religion says if you are going to walk before God our Father, it is going to implicate every single area of your life. Nothing will be left untouched. How you speak, what you do with your time, what you do with your money, whom you care for, everything will begin to change. James Munford wrote in The Spectator over lockdown about his church, which is symptomatic of many churches. Churches who talk about being spiritual and not religious. You know, and we're a type of church that would say, we're not religious. You know, we're not about rules and regulations, we're about relationship. And he has something to say about this, and it's, it's an interesting critique. He says this, looking back, I think we pay too high a price. Spiritual, but not religious, was a mistake. Why? Because by opting for it, my church smudged out faith's real attraction. It missed the opportunity to hold out something radically countercultural, a much needed alternative to spiritual consumerism. It's interesting. True religion does not just play into your consumeristic 
impulses, which I have in my heart. Hey, I mean, if I could get like salvation and spirituality, Tuesday, 12.30 to 1.30 for 20 pounds a week, like I might do that. Uh, yeah, true religion says no, every aspect of your life is gonna be implicated. So you come to Sunday, church, how might you assess whether this is a true experience of God or real faith? How is your life being increasingly changed on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday? Is how you view your life outside of Sunday being slowly changed and oriented about the priorities of the kingdom of God? Hallelujah. Thank you, Mpume. <laughs> Lastly, and then I'm going to invite Ian up. True religion serves those who cannot help themselves. Verse 27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. For James in his day, they did not have institutions like we have them. They didn't have social care, councils, government. They didn't have benefits like we have them. A lot of this is actually the fruit of Christians and churches influence the fact that we do have things like an NHS even that there is an impulse in our society to care for orphans and widows is actually built from Christian roots yet just because we can't see the needs of our city like you can in other cities does not mean that they are not there and James is calling those to be involved in true religion to look out for those who cannot help them Selves. So the smallest of children who are fatherless or motherless, no fault of their own, James is saying they are people that you need to care for. Widows, he says, in their day, when the family unit was the source of care, widows were those who were on the outside of peripheral of, of society and the most vulnerable who were called into family units. Why Paul is so strong in 1 Timothy 5 to say, if you don't care for widows, he says you are worse than an unbeliever. He's really strong. Why? Because the family unit was the place where those who were on the edge of society got cared for. And for us, we're in a different society, but the call is still the same for those who cannot help themselves, who don't have the financial or relational or emotional or relational or intellectual capacity to help themselves out of a situation. It is the church's calling to go to those places because Christ came to us when we were helpless. Christ, the source of all, came to those who needed everything. And even as we walked away and disowned Jesus, he ran towards us and died on the cross and saved those who could not save themselves. And so James's call on us is to, to visit. Visit is not an amazing translation for today because it has this idea of like, there are orphanages out there potentially, you go visit on a Tuesday afternoon and then carry on with the rest of your life. The, the word here is actually to do with looking out for. It's this idea of watching for, looking, it takes, it's a conscious awareness of those who are needy and those who are vulnerable. They need your help. So this is an active process by which we as God's people need to watch and learn about how we can serve those who are vulnerable and needy. Which is